No. No. No? No. No, no, no. The words I said are the same, but you surely hear that the meaning is different depending on how I said it. My tone was clear. Today's episode is about helping you understand what your child really means when their tone is not as clear as the examples given. Today's topic is from a listener wanting to know what to do with the persistent no. Grab your coffee, and this time you might want to take notes. Let's consider the many meanings of no and what drives it and how to handle it. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children and wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated that your kids argue, whine, or debate with you? Are you afraid you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not sure what to do? Hey mamas, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. My name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get your kids to listen better, understand the clear communication, and the boundaries that benefit kids, and all while enhancing your relationships. So if you are ready to build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. It's playtime. Let's go. A listener wrote, My four-year-old daughter has trouble accepting no for an answer and can be extremely persistent in repeatedly asking for what she wants. This is something that happens sometimes, not all the time, because sometimes I can tell her no and then give her something else positive that she can have, and she's often able to take that positive thing and say, okay, without having a meltdown. But what do I do with the persistent no? Well, first, I want to acknowledge that I am glad you are sometimes seeing her cooperation. That gives you extra reason to notice the details within the persistent no. Let's try to get into the child's mind today and consider what no might mean. And it may surprise you, but maybe not, to know that I love when children say no. I find such opportunity in the conversation to connect and to really get to know the child. And here's why. Kids are in the moment. They are literal. Their emotional brain is the main operating system. So what this means is what is going on right at this very moment is all they know and what you say is exactly what it means, understanding in black and white. Their brain doesn't operate in that frontal cortex where we have our logic and our thinking patterns. Instead, the emotional part of the brain is what is governing being in this moment. Logic is often irrelevant to our kids. And kids don't have much control over their life. No is one way of having some control. Another thing to consider is that kids don't always have all the words that they need to express no. There is more to uncover. When my child was young, he had fits and temper tantrums over a certain pair of black socks that I wanted to put on his feet. And he would kick and he'd say no. And I wondered what in the world it was. Turns out it wasn't about the socks at all. 
What was going on is that he didn't like a seam going over his toenails because he had a hangnail on his toe. And this is an actual true story on my son. Once I figured out he didn't like seams over his toes and we fixed that hangnail and I just started buying, because he was prone to having little sensitive toenails, I just started buying socks that had the seam on the end of the toes instead of over the top of the toes and our temper tantrums were solved about socks. Kids don't always have the words to be able to express. There is more to uncover. So tip number one is where there is a persistent no, explore what else might be going on. When a child is allowed to say no, it gives them power over their world and over their environment. This is the beginnings of our children creating healthy boundaries with their own body and with their their world. No is a sign of growing and learning. If and when you can allow it, do. But of course, there's going to be lots of times that we can't and won't and don't allow their no. But when we can give them that power, it's a very good thing. And when it's not making sense, explore it. Now I want to talk a little about environment. Kids also, some kids will get quite rattled when a routine is broken or they can simply notice that their environment is different and that in that change they can become insecure feeling. Locational memory is strong. So when you think about what it is that your child typically does in a given environment, the environment is cueing your child for a certain behavior. And it may be that the last time they were in this environment, a certain thing happened, so they're returning to it. It might not have anything to do with logic. It might not have anything to do with what they actually want, but they're having a reminder from the environment that there's a certain thing that happens here and now. For some kids, doing something new is troubling. Some kids need routines more than others, and a simple moving of the toothpaste from the left side of the sink to the right can be unnerving. This isn't to say that you need to be rigid, but rather that um, we're going to learn to teach our children to be flexible, to have as much ease as possible dealing with the changes that happen. Routines that we have in, reinforced by our environment should be helpful to us. So tip two for parents if persistence is common in a certain particular place or time at your house, change the environment in order to support the routine you want. So consider what it is that you want your child to do in this particular environment and set the environment up to usher that behavior in. Now, if you have questions on something like this, feel free to email me. I'm going to tell you a story. A few weeks ago, this is a true story too, I joined a friend to excitedly pick up a car uh, with his children. He had teens that wanted a car to drive and they're going to share it and they picked it up and they said, can we drive the car now? And he says, no, you get to drive it after the insurance is on it. And then a few hours later, he called me and said, I hit a deer. The treasured, beautiful used Audi for the teens was now smashed. And when I heard this, I said, no, 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 no. At first, all I could say was no. And this one word repeated actually 
meant several things. What went through my mind with each no, my first no was like a refusal to believe that this happened. No. And then I was like kind of a mad hope that this was a joke. And then my next no was like fear of injury. Did did someone get hurt? Mentally, I was picturing the location and the scene. And then I said no again, thinking about the disappointment for the kids. And then after that, I said no again, thinking about the disappointment of the friend that sold it. And another no for the cost to repair and wondering if it could be repaired and how bad is it? And I said no about the frustration and disappointment that this parent had because after all, the car was in his care because it would be safer. No insurance was on it yet, so there was another no. It hadn't even been registered. Finally, the last no was just angry because this was a fact I just didn't want to be true. Now, I said no for all those different reasons, and the only word that came out of my mouth, as an adult, with plenty of vocabulary, was this stream of no. So no meant all of those different things, from refusing to believe, to fear, to disappointment, costs, frustration, thinking about insurance, registration, anger, all of those things, individually, was a word no from me as an adult. Now, our kids use no to mean a multitude of things also. When you get upset by their no, keep in mind that you're assigning your meaning to their no. They might have a multitude of different meanings for saying no. So let us consider what might actually be happening by engaging them in some conversation. And that leads us into some questions as we talk about ourselves as parents. So first we talked about our children and how their minds are in the moment, literal. The emotional brain is their main operating system. They're often, um, logic is irrelevant. They don't have much control over their life and they don't always have words to express. We talked about the environment and how environment can usher in certain expectations and kids will live up to them. With that as a backdrop, let us consider ourselves as parents. Do we sometimes ask our children a question, but it's not really a question. We have an expectation that is less direct that they will comply. Like, do you want to eat this? And it means eat it. Do you want to share your popsicle? Can you share your popsicle? Do you want to go potty before we get in the car? Can you pick up your toys? Now, all of these things that we sometimes say to our children If we mean it as a direction and we can remember that their brains are literal and that they're in the moment, they would logically answer you no. And we should celebrate that because really they are listening. That is proof. Notice when they answer no to your questions because that means that they are listening well and they're answering authentically for themselves. You ask them, do you want? And in that moment, they were not thinking that. They were not wanting that. So they just simply answer no. And it is nothing against you. It just simply means they were listening and they're connected with you. Sometimes we need to consider whether or not we are setting our kids up in a way that, or maybe I should say setting ourselves up to be upset because we interpret differently than our kids mean. Here's another tip with that. Be direct when you actually care about the answer. Make your direction a direction. 
So if you don't care that they share your pop, their popsicle with you and you say, do you want to share your popsicle? And they say no, and no is okay, go ahead and ask the question. But if you are going to insist on something such as you will go potty before we get in the car, then make your direction a direction, not a choice. But of course, none of us do that perfectly all the time. We all waffle back and forth how it is that we interact with one another. So a really important thing is how are we going to make amends when we ask a question that was meant to be a direction? And so here's the fifth thing. Think about how you want your child to make corrections when they speak incorrectly. Let that be your guide. Your children are going to say things that they don't mean. They're going to say things incorrectly. They're going to use the wrong words at times. And we all do it. And it'll happen all through life. How do you want your child to come back to you to let you know that they said it wrong and want to redo? That's how I want you to do it with your children. You're giving them the example. So here are just a few examples. Take it and make it your own in whatever way it works for you, however it is you want your child to make their corrections. So here's some things that I would say. I'd say, oops, I said that wrong. I should have said, go get your pajamas on now. But I'm going to say it with a calm, relaxed smile. I might also say, I need to redo how I said that. You must try the potty before we get in the car. Again, I'm saying it relaxed, calm, direct, and with a smile. Because their no was simply answering the question. It was not a challenge to me. Here's another one. Hmm, sometimes I don't want to do that either. Sometimes I don't want to do what I must do. It's time to pick up our toys anyway. These are all just ways to acknowledge to your children that they answered, that they said no. And it doesn't rattle you. You're just showing them that you understand You've made your correction on how it is that you're going to talk with them. You relaxed, calm, and happily tell them the to-dos. We'll talk in a moment about direct defiance. But before we go to direct defiance, I want to talk about the times that we sometimes use a question to make a reprimand. Here's another thing that is quite a slippery slope, so I will always recommend that this is a habit that is undone. This means we say a question that really means change what you did, such as, why'd you do that? But it means change it. You did it wrong. You weren't smart on this choice. Why'd you say it? Like it was the wrong thing to say. When people ask those kind of why questions with the intent to correct their child, we end up inadvertently teaching our children that questions are to be feared and questions are not to be asked. I always encourage parents to open wide, as wide as possible, the door for questions on every topic. An attitude for parents can be to embrace noticing when you get upset by your child's no. Because when you get upset by their no, it's because of what you think they mean. But if you approach the interaction with the language of play, this means you will approach it with curiosity which means if you choose to ask a question, it's authentic. Why don't you want to go to bed? And maybe your child stumps her foot and says, because I don't want to. And then ask calmly, what do you think we should do instead? Now, none of this means you must comply with your child's demands. It just simply is a way to open the door to get into their mind. And when you ask, what do you think we should do instead? More than likely, that will undo 
their their demand because they will be surprised that you care. So ask a question. What should we do instead? And maybe they'll say, a movie and popcorn. And you can also say, that's a fantastic idea. Let's look at the calendar and find a time we can do that. You're giving your child a place to express what he wants or his needs or his ideas to validate what it is that they're thinking. Because remember, they're not logical. They're in this moment. They're not thinking that the lack of movie tonight means a good night's sleep, so it's a good day tomorrow. They just simply think where they're at right now and want in the moment right now. When you listen to them and ask them questions such as, what should we do instead of going to bed? What do you think? You're making a way for your child to feel seen and heard. And often, 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 when you can make a way for your child to feel seen and heard, the frustration just diffuses. It like starts to evaporate. So can you use language to explore the thoughts? And that's not typically a yes, no question. It, some of those, some of that language sounds a little bit like this. I wonder what would happen if we stayed up all night and then be quiet. Let your kid think about it and answer. And if they don't answer, that's okay. I wonder how this broccoli will taste with salt. I wonder how it would taste with hot sauce. They start to think and they start to become curious and maybe they will eat their broccoli willingly because now they're curious what it tastes like with salt or what it tastes like with hot sauce. Hmm, I think you might be uncomfortable with your pink dress shoe on one foot and your blue sneaker on the other, but you can wear that to church or to school. Let me know how it feels. Let me know how it goes. Statements like that that can empower your child to do the goofy, to do the uncomfortable thing, because you know it's not going to harm them. It might be uncomfortable, but it's not going to harm them. And on top of that, always consider if your child is hungry or tired. Because if we start to ask them questions when their hunger and their tired isn't satisfied, then of course they come unglued. Sometimes that persistent no is going to be because they're hungry, they're tired, they are irrational, and they're not able to comply. They're not able to join you. They're just not able to think well. As children, their reserve is not going to be very strong if they're hungry or tired or cold or lonely, sad, those kind of things. Sometimes our kids simply do not want to do as they're told. Sometimes they are defiant and are simply saying no. And they're testing to see if they have power. What do you do then? I'm going to say that a lot of these same tips work. One, where there's a persistent no, explore what else might be going on. Maybe it is the hungry, the tired, the cold, the lonely, one of those kind of things. Tip two, if persistence is common in a particular place or at a particular time, change the environment in order to support the routine you want as the parent. Tip three, our kids use no to mean a multitude of things. When we become upset by their no, we are assigning our meaning to their no. How you interpret the no will determine how you react to it. So stop and consider what is it that the child is experiencing such that they answer no. It might be literal at this moment. It might be 
judgment. It might be that they're in the moment, and in which case their answer of no could be celebrated because they're listening and engaging with you. And then we need to be direct. That's tip four. When we actually care about the answer, make your direction a direction. And along with that is tip five. Think about how you want them to make corrections when they speak incorrectly and let that be your guide on how to redo and repair because we all need to redo and repair regularly. Even as we're talking, you've heard me make a little amend here and there, even as I'm doing this episode. We all say things that are a little different than we mean, and we backpedal and we restate. So it will be very good for you to be able to say to your kids, I'm sorry I got upset with you. I want to understand better. And tip six was always consider if your child is hungry, tired, lonely, angry, cold. So listeners, this is a really common issue. There are many things we could discuss about listening and children that say no. But this is what I chose to speak on today. I would love if you write me and let me know what was most helpful for you or what you discover about your child as you implement some of these things. My email is in the show notes below. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.